Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. In this series, I am teaching and talking about the difference between the glory of God and the anointing of God. Over the next couple of episodes, we will be unpacking each of them and discussing their application to our everyday lives. Let's get to it. So let's start in the New Testament where we see um, the word glory being used first in John chapter 1 verse 14. So if you have a piece of paper and pencil, you're going to want to write that down. John chapter 1 verse 14. Go back and look this up. Um, as always, let the Holy Spirit teach you. Let the Holy Spirit um, be your counselor, be your pastor, and show you truth. I'm just pointing to you, uh, pointing out evidence to you through the scriptures. Now, John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the one and only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So let me repeat the beginning of that. And the word, capital W, became flesh, meaning God and everything that he has said, everything that he has done, became housed in a human, in flesh like you and I. And we beheld his glory, meaning we got to experience who God is, the very person of God, here on earth. Um, So that word glory actually comes from the Greek word doxa, which means opinion, judgment, splendor, majesty, excellence, dignity, grace, the most glorious and exalted state. But it also denotes the idea of a blueprint, um, which is what I, that, I feel like that kind of sums it up. We hear about the glory of the Lord, the splendor of God, his majesty, but the fact that Jesus came in the glory of God and we beheld his glory, meaning we got to see the very blueprint of who God is and what he looks like here on earth. So we got to know God. We got to know his judgments, his opinions, his splendor, his majesty, what his personality would be like, his very person, his character, his nature through the person of God, the through the person of Jesus, the person of God poured out into flesh, housed in the person of Jesus the blueprint of God here on earth. And that's what that's talking about. It was the display of his opinion in flesh, the fullness of God seen in flesh through the life of Jesus Christ. So Jesus was the blueprint of God. And John is saying here, we got to behold the glory as we came to know Jesus, we came to know God. Um, And so that's what this is talking about. Now, we also see that word glory in 2 Corinthians verse 3.18. Now these are not the only places where we see that in the New Testament. I'm just pointing out two for the purpose of kind of teaching and training what is the glory of the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18, again look that up, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3 verse 18. In fact, I would I would encourage you to read it in context. Go back to uh, the beginning of the chapter. Read the whole chapter so that you can see it in the context of what's being spoken of here. But that verse says, but we all, meaning you and I, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So we hear the word glory here being used three times. One, it's speaking of the glory, the blueprint, the image, the opinion, the the person of God. 
being poured out in us, we can see the reflection of the person of God in us, growing in the likeness of God from glory unto glory. So it says we're being transformed to the same image, meaning we're, we're being uh, transformed into the blueprint of who God is here on earth from glory unto glory, meaning there's an increase coming into our lives of the person of God. And then it says, by the Spirit of the Lord. So you and I, when we came to know Christ, when we got saved, when Jesus came into our hearts, the Holy Spirit was deposited into us. And by the Spirit of the Lord, we should be growing in the character and in the likeness of God, the blueprint, the image of God in us. We have been stamped with his likeness through the Holy Spirit, and there should be an automatic increase. So his likeness is now displayed in us. The glory that was lost in Adam has been restored to us through Jesus. So Jesus came, he restored that image, he restored that blueprint. When he left, the Holy Spirit comes and pours the very person, the very character and the nature of God. Now you're going to hear me say that a lot because I love the word character. I strive for character. Character is I am who I am behind a closed door and in front of people, that I am of sound character. I want to know the character of God because when I learn about the character of God, the person of God, then I learn about the possibilities of my own character and my own purpose and my own person, meaning I carry the very nature and the character of God. Now we're going to be learning how the anointing pours out, comes out of the character or the nature of God. I'm going to go ahead and share this with you right now. Consider that the glory of the Lord is like the parent that gives birth to the child, which is the anointing. So the anointing comes forth, is birthed out of the glory or the character of God. Now that's going to be super important because we all desire the anointing. That's the fancy fun part of God that we get to see or we get to feel. But the more we grow in our glory, the more we grow in his glory, excuse me, in our character, uh, the more we will grow in that anointing. And often we get it backwards. We think, I need to stir up the anointing to pull down the glory of the Lord. But we're, what we're trying to prove through this series is it's actually the glory of the Lord that we want to come into, the character of Christ, the person of God, and out of the character, out of the glory, the anointing is birthed, is stirred up, is increased in our life. So I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I do want to give you a quick synopsis of what is the difference between the glory and the anointing. So let's go back to the 2 Corinthians 3.18. So the glory that was lost in Adam was restored to us through Jesus, and we should be living on the increase of that glory. That's what that phrase from glory to glory means. It means there is a subtle increase going on um, from day to day. Um, so we should be living on the increase. What fades in the flesh never fades in the spirit. This is referring back to 2 Corinthians 3 starting in verse 10. So if you read that whole thing in context, it says, for even what was glorious had no glory. Speaking of uh, the, the original covenant, the old covenant, the letter of the law, um, it was glorious, but it had no glory, meaning it was unable to contain the person of God. 
unlike Moses who put a veil over his face. So if you remember when Moses came down off the mountain, the glory of the Lord shone upon his face. Okay, so that the glory was shown upon his face, but then he would put a veil on his face. And the Bible says, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. In other words, there would be a fading to that glory. So there would be a momentary um, happening of Moses coming face to face, experiencing the person, experiencing the nature and the character of God. But as he uh, went on and went about his life, that glory would begin to fade. So what we're learning here is in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is through the restoration of our relationship with God, not only does the glory of the Lord not fade, but it should actually be increasing from day to day. Glory unto glory. Okay, so what we're learning here is the glory is the very person, the nature of God, the blueprint of God that was stamped into Christ, and then Christ, through the Holy Spirit, stamped that image into us. And we're also learning that there should be an increase of the glory, the person of God, an increase of character in our lives. Okay, so I'm trying to break this down super simple, just taking a look very simply at the New Testament. Now let's shift to the Old Testament. Let's go back to Moses uh, in Exodus 33 and 34. A lot of us know this story. If you do not know the story, please do not let me feed you truth. Go back to the Word, read through Exodus chapter 33 and 34, get to know Moses his relationship with God, all of the ways he had experienced God, all the works of God. Moses is the one who had the rod of God in his hand, and he would see miraculous works, the manifestations of God's power flowing through his life. So he had experienced the ways of God, the works of God, the miracles of God. We remember all the plagues of Egypt uh, that were initiated by uh, the, the rod uh, that God put in Moses' hand. And so we see all of the works. We see all of the manifestations. We see the power or what we would call the anointing of God working through Moses. But at this point, Moses now cries out, I want to see your glory. Now, this is fascinating to me because when I look at the life of Moses and all that he experienced of God, there was still something more that he wanted to see. He had heard the voice of God through the burning bush. He obviously had connected with God on the mountain. He had seen the works of God, but there was a desire to see an increase of the glory of the Lord. There was still something that Moses felt he was lacking in his connection and in his intimacy with God. And so he cries out, show me your glory. And so what happens is, in Exodus chapter 34, verse 5, it says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him, meaning Moses, there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. So he began to declare who he was. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and in truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children, so the third and the fourth generation. What we learn here is 
if, if you go, again, you've got to go back and read the story. I'm not going to read all scripture to you. You've got to do some work here with the Holy Spirit and, and take some time to really disciple yourself through the word. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you. But if you recall from this story, it says, I'm going to put my hand up um, so that when I pass by, you cannot see me. You will just see the back of me because the glory of the Lord, if you see me, my full person in my fullness, it will be too overwhelming to you. And so instead of, uh, instead of Moses experiencing a move of God or an act of God or a miracle of God or a manifestation of God, what he experiences is the knowledge of who God is. So I'm going to say that again. What we learn here is the glory of the Lord is when we have a knowledge of the person of God. I like to tell people, you know the glory, but you feel the anointing. So a lot of times people will say, oh, I really feel the glory of the Lord in here. You're not feeling the glory. You're feeling evidence of the glory through the anointing. What you're feeling is the anointing that's pouring out of the glory in the person of God. The glory of God is something that we come to know. The anointing is what we feel. Here's why this is so important. Because so many times we as believers, we live by feel. And so we want to feel God. We go chasing signs and wonders. Sometimes we go from worship session to worship, worship session to a praise and worship meeting to a prayer meeting because we hunger feeling the anointing of God. And there is nothing wrong with that. But if you base uh, the health of your relationship with God only on a feeling and not on what you know, this is a dangerous place to be. That's why I love to stress the importance of getting to know the glory of the Lord, understanding the character of God, the nature of God, growing in your own character, growing in your own stature, growing in the character of God, so that when the anointing isn't around, you're still confident in who God is and who you are and the power that you get to walk in. Your first and foremost power isn't what we feel, it's who we are in Christ. I'm going to say that again. Your first and foremost power isn't from what flows out of you, but rather it's where you are positioned. The knowledge of who you are and whose you are, where you are positioned. That is where your authority comes from to practice and to begin to manifest the power. Remember, the anointing is the power. It's what comes out of the glory. But that glory is the person, the authority that I stand on, the nature of God, the right that I have to even practice the power and to begin to release the anointing. You've got to get this because so many of us chase after the anointing because it's the sparkly part, it's the shiny part of God, and we do not realize that you cannot, you can mimic the anointing. We're going to talk about that in the next episode. But the anointing has to come up out of your character, okay? So the Bible goes on to say that Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped God. Now, this word comes, uh, comes from the Hebrew word kavod, which means honor, splendor, abundance, and the weight. A lot of times we hear the Shekinah glory, the weightiness, the heaviness of the person of God just beginning to rest in a room. But the point here is, is God did not show up and act. He did not show up and move. He showed up and simply spoke who he was. 
We see this again in the story of Elijah where God says, come out of the cleft of the rock. I want to, I want to talk with you. I want to connect with you. And the Bible says there was an earthquake that you could feel. There was a fire and then there was a mighty wind. But God spoke in a whisper and he began to whisper in his ear. Again, just getting a knowledge of who God was. All of those other things would be considered the movement of God, an act of God, the anointing of God. But so many times we see God bringing uh, his people back to, do you know me? Do you understand who I am? Do you understand my nature, my character? Getting to know who he is. And this is so important because it is who we are designed to be. Everything that I do, my book, Enforcing You, Enforcing Purpose, all of the declarations that you will find there, my book that's coming out, Enforcing Prayer, is all about really shifting you into who you are designed to be, your God possibility, which is the carrier, the containment of the glory of the Lord, the increase of his image from glory unto glory, day after day, being manifest in who you are, not necessarily what you do. Uh, so I like that this goes back to, again, the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk, but it's a matter of power and recognizing that a, a huge part of the power that we have is simply just who we are when we're not talking, when we're not moving, just sitting there and resting and recognizing the power of our presence. I try and tell parents, parents this all the time. Listen, you need to recognize the power of your presence in your children's room when you enter into their space. You don't necessarily need to talk so much or start casting out demons. Recognize that your, your very person, if you are a container of the character of God, when you step into your children's room, when you step into their space, things should begin to happen because the character of the Lord has entered in. When Jesus walked into a room, before he even began to release the anointing, demons recognized him because they could sniff out the glory of the Lord. They could sniff out, they could smell the character of God had just walked into the room, housed in a person of flesh named Jesus Christ. And that should be the same for you and I. In Habakkuk 2.14, it says, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Remember, you know the glory, but you feel, you feel the anointing. All right, so a lot of us struggle wanting to live on feeling, but we're gonna be talking a lot about the importance of really going back to saturating ourselves in the character of God. And that means I need to know who God is so that I can come more into his ways, who he is, his person, his nature, his character. All right, so this is episode one, really just talking about what is the glory backing up. Then we're going to move forward and talk about what is the anointing. All right, so if you have not clicked like, please click like. Leave me a comment. Uh, let me know that you are going to go back and you are going to read those scriptures for yourself. Do your own study. Search out the word glory in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Let Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what is the glory of the Lord. It's very difficult sometimes for us to kind of grasp 
Um, but in a nutshell, it is the, the person of God, something or someone, the person of God that we come to know and his character uh, that lives and abides within us. All right, you guys, this wraps up episode one of this series on the glory versus the anointing. Thank you for joining me. And remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.